Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Alex Sanfilippo is the host of top-rated entrepreneurship podcast, Creating a Brand, and the founder of Podmatch.com. Podmatch.com is a free service that matches podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. And it's a fabulous service because I'm on there and that's how I met Alex. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Janice. I really appreciate you you doing this. I'm a fan of your show, so really excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I understand that you are in Florida and you enjoy the beach very much, but I, I learned something new today. You you also work in um, soccer. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. This is not a topic that regularly comes up. So I, I love talking about it, but Funny, funny fact, like I didn't play soccer growing up at all. Like it wasn't even anything that I ever did. I don't think I was really interested. Apparently I played one season as like a child, but I just watched people throwing a football. and was like, I'd rather do that. Um, anyway, so I was never much of like an athlete, especially after school. But in my mid 20s, someone asked if I'd go play pickup soccer. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't have cleats. And they're like, oh, it's okay. I have a pair that'll fit you. I'm like, okay. So put on some soccer cleats. Actually, they were football cleats. I'm sorry. They had an extra pair. It turns out they're football cleats and some soccer players are very angry that I was wearing football cleats. But anyway, long story short, this was my first time playing and just fell in love with it like in my mid-20s and just had an absolute blast. And from there, fast forward a few years, I ended up running a team in a league and then also helping run a league. It was actually a refugee league here in Jacksonville, Florida. Interesting thing about Jacksonville, Florida, it's actually a, a major uh, refugee hub in the United States. So we have refugees from like I don't know how many different countries, but one of the seasons in that league, we had, I don't remember the amount of teams. We had a lot of teams, but we, they represented something like 80 different countries. And that's how many different people like speaking different languages, languages out in these fields playing together. And yeah, having the opportunity to help lead that and then play soccer as well, leading one of the teams was like a, just a really, really cool experience. One that I'll always cherish. Oh, I bet that was a, an amazing and rewarding experience. I, at one point had done some work when I was in Charlotte at the International House and same thing, exposure to tons of different cultures, some of whom were refugees as well. And we did yoga classes and some of that stuff. So that's, I, I, I applaud you for that. That's it. Yeah, that's thank you. fantastic. No, I'm, I'm always passionate about other people too, like different cultures and stuff are just so interesting to me. So we got like, I've been to some strange restaurants I didn't even know existed in my city. I've learned a little bit of some very unique languages that I didn't know were spoken anywhere. So yeah, I mean, and I'm sure you had similar experiences, but soccer is in my mind, the most international language that there is. Like everyone can speak that language. Everyone plays soccer. So yeah, just a cool thing to be part of. Wait, I thought that was math and music. <laughs> it just depends on who you are, I suppose. I'm not good at either of those things. So <laughs> not international for me. <laughs> That's funny. So give a broad overview of what Podmatch is. Because it, it, it's it's an amazing tool and I use it. And like I said, this is how we met. So tell me about Podmatch. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for asking. Podmatch, actually, the whole idea for it just was birthed out of a a problem that I saw was happening in the industry of podcasting. Hosts were having trouble finding their most ideal guests and vice versa. There's people who wanted to be guests, but they couldn't find the right shows to be on. And I just set out to to solve that problem. So me and a business partner, we just partnered up 50-50 partners and developed some software that we thought would work. And to 
make it very like high level, if you will. And this is going to not be super professional, but more or less, it's like a dating app. But instead of connecting people for dates, it's like connecting people for podcast interviews. So we have like a matching algorithm. You sign up as a guest or host and it'll automatically match you with different people that might be a good fit. And if you decide you want to actually connect with them, you can message them right from in the platform. And from there, get your quote unquote date, right? Which is a podcast interview. And uh, that was the whole idea is could we set out to solve that problem? So at a very high level, that's what we've been doing and just having a blast with it. So what's the most unique podcast you've been on? I was on one podcast that I wouldn't go back on. It was cool. It was kind of scary though. I didn't know the name of it. So the guy like had somehow he kind of like hides the name. He has a few shows and a few different places he does the interviews, which I was like, okay, that's interesting. He likes to surprise his guests. I was like, all right, that's fine. And I asked, so I was like, well, what do you want to talk about? He's like, well, I really want to get into your business. I was like, okay, that's fine. I, I love talking about my business. So we got on there. I was like, um, is there anything specific you wanted to talk about? Do you want to talk about my podcast, creating a brand, or do you want to talk about Podmatch? He's like, no, I said, I want to get into your business. I'm like, yeah, those are my businesses. He goes, no, no, your <laughs> business. I was like, oh, like me. He's like, yeah. He goes, I want to talk about your parents. I want to talk about your parents' divorce. I want to talk about your religion. I want to challenge your religion. And for an hour live, this guy just grilled me with some of the most difficult questions I've ever been asked in my life. And at about minute 45, he asked me a question. I can't recall the question, but I couldn't answer it. And I just told him, I don't know. And he's like, so is that as far as your self-discovery journey has gone? I'm like, I think that's as deep as I know how to get. Like, we ended up connecting afterwards. I'm like, man, I appreciate you asking the hard questions, not backing down on them. But that was a very unique show where it's like kind of secretive. You don't know what you're getting into until you're there in front of people. I did not know what we were doing until he hit record with all these people. So that was a very unique show. I don't even know the name of it to this day. But yeah, that was a unique experience that I had. <laughs> that makes me nervous just hearing you say that. <laughs> just clarify what getting into your business means. That's all you got to do, Janice. You'll be okay. <laughs> okay. So let me get into your business. But Oh no, I gotta go. Your, I, I'm gonna get into your businesses. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> so we talked just a little about, about Podmatch in in a very high level. Let's let's stay on that vein for just a bit because mm-hmm. I know you've hit some milestones lately. Yeah. Yeah. So we again we, we set out to solve a problem. And I think that when you really do that and you solve the problem in the way that it needs to be solved, right? You actually get it in front of the right people, the people will, will come and use the product. So we've done our best to just organically spread the word about what we're doing. Like Denise, you've, you've helped me out with that a lot. Like I, I, last time we talked, I actually learned a lot from you. You're, you're a much wiser person than I am. I like to think so (laughs) you've helped me a lot, but, um, regardless, I'm just always like meeting people and learning more and more. And, uh, and yeah, so like we just hit our one year from launch date. So June, June 15th, 2020 was the launch date. And we're recording this a few days, uh, a year later after that. And we have 12,000 people using the platform now and every day it continues to grow. So those are, it's about half guest and half host, which is exactly what we're looking to do. And yeah, so those, those are some of our big milestones we've had along the way. And then we've had a lot of press, which again, just something I'm very thankful for. A lot of people have used the platform and say, hey, I represent PR week, right? Like I'm or PR news week, like I'll, I'll do it, an article on your behalf. I'm like, okay, thank you. So people just being very kind along the way. And then the day, as long as I can keep my focus serving people, like I'm, I'm pretty happy with what's happening with it. So you, you've been in business for about a year. What were the challenges of bringing up a technology business? First off, not having a clue how to do that. Um, <laughs> I remember, so it's called like a software as a service is like the technical term for what we have. Mm-hmm. And in the industry, they call it SaaS. So software as a service, they just mm-hmm. make a little acronym for it. The first one's like, oh, you're a SaaS founder. I'm like, I don't think so. You know, that was my response. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be called that. Anyway, it turns out I am. But it, it really, the the things I had to learn initially were just 
how it works. Like mm -hmm. my ideas were on a whiteboard. <laughs> like I was like, okay, what do I do? How do I get this in a computer in a way that someone can use it? And it was literally just one step at a time every single day, like Googling things, like literally like, how do I start, right? Like I, I at least knew the basics of, okay, create a, a, a corporate, like incorporate, get a business, like talk to my CPA, talk to my lawyer and just tell them, hey, here's, here's what I want to do. And then kind of go from there. But uh, but yeah, it was just one step at a time every single day of like Googling different things, asking different people like, hey, what would you do with this? Now I don't have any time anymore. What Do I hire somebody? How do I do that, right? So just learning those things along the way has been quite a journey. Uh, wouldn't have been here, won't be, would not have been here today if I didn't have people kind of help me out along the way. Okay. You sound very much like a visionary. So I'm making an assumption that I could be wrong here, but I'm making an assumption that you probably hired somebody to do the the development for the software for, and you guys input your amazing ideas into it. Yeah. What gave that away? <laughs> actually, what I did, what I did, yeah, right. Whiteboard, yeah. <laughs> so what I actually did is like, I got the idea while I was speaking at a podcasting conference in Orlando, Florida, before the world shut down. It was like the week, it was the lot, the first week of March. So like mm -hmm. we just got in right, right at the end there, but that's where I got the idea. Cause so many podcasters were telling me this was the problem they were having, came home, put it on a whiteboard, and when I did that, I, I have one close friend of mine who has been a developer for, I think, his whole life, basically. And and I just called him. I'm like, hey, I had this idea. Like, I know you're always busy working on projects. We worked together years back. I was doing sales when he was doing development at a business. So I knew we worked well together. I'm like, do you have any capacity to maybe just start something with me? Like, give this a shot? And that was a Tuesday. It was actually March 10th, 2020. And he had finished two days prior before that. He actually finished up a project he'd been working on for years. So it was like perfect timing for him to come on board. So we actually just drafted up 50-50 paperwork. We both put $2,500 into the account that we made for it. And we bootstrapped it with that $5,000. But he is the full-on developer side. He handles all that. I'm now much more well-versed in it. Like I can speak the language. I know what's possible, what's impossible. Like I understand that better. But from day one, it was kind of like here can you build all this? It's on this whiteboard. And uh, that's kind of how we got the thing started. I love that. I think every business needs a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you're, you're a multiple business owner as well. You run more than one business. Yeah. So right now, yeah, we're in the process of launching another software as a service for podcasters. But I also run my... It, it used to be more so coaching with my podcast called Creating a Brand. But I've really tied back on... Like dropped back on that to really focus more on Podmatch and then this future startup that we're working on as well. Okay. Can you spill the beans on the future startup? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Denise, you know, you know me pretty well. I'm like an open book. So anything you want to know, I can pretty much answer it. Yeah. So it's called Podcast SOP. SOP stands for Standard Operating Procedures. Yep. And the idea is, could we do something that can help podcast hosts release episodes effectively? So just, we've all got like a checklist of, or we should, we should all have a checklist of what we do when we're releasing an episode. Many newer podcasters don't have that yet. Or if they do, it's not very organized. So the idea is, can we build this thing in a simple checklist system that's kind of like a CRM, if you will, where they can just go through and check it off and create a new episode and it'll automatically spit up a new unchecked checklist for them to kind of do another episode. So that's the whole idea behind it. And we're in alpha testing. We've got 50 people using it right now to kind of test it out. We're getting some good feedback and some constructive criticism that we need to implement. But that's that's kind of how we wanted to launch it to see, hey, will this really serve people and help more people podcast successfully? That is a great idea. I mean, when I <laughs> so I launched my podcast about the same time that you launched launched Podmatch. Mm -hmm. And it had been in the works for a few months and everything shut down. I was like, okay, now is the time we need to do this. 
<laughs> and my creative project manager was, you don't have a process in place. I was like, we are going to figure it out as we go. The thing is, is that we have a slight advantage in that we're accustomed to documenting processes as we create them. And I, I get it. A lot of small business owners simply don't do that. And I would suspect the same thing with the, the pod, podcasting space is that they're just not accustomed to creating that repeatable process. Yeah. You know, actually, when I was looking at the reason I got the idea for this is first off, people started mentioning it. So Podmatch, for me, I'm always going to listen to people that, that I'm around. So I'm like, hey, what are you struggling with? Like now you're getting guests. What, what's the next thing that you're struggling with? And it's the organization of it. And I did like a deep dive into podcast analytics to see how many podcasters actually succeed. So I just took looked at 50 episodes because that's about a, about a year if you're going to do an episode a week, right? And only 10% of people make it that far that are starting podcasts now. So a 90% failure rate in podcasting. Like that's, I was like, oh, that's wow. really sad because podcast content in my mind is like the last independent voices that you can find anywhere. Like TV is very filtered these days. I'm not trying to get into politics or anything. It's not all bad necessarily, but getting a true like direct independence voice is very tough unless you're listening through podcasts. I think it's like the last true medium for that. So for me, I'm like, well, can we help maybe 15% of people make it through instead of just the 10%. And this is really where I realized I think the biggest pain point is if people had something to follow, I think they'd be able to succeed better. So that, that was really, again, that was kind of my motivation behind like, can we help more people get their voice out there? Oh, I love that. I absolutely do. By the way, we just did our 50th about about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just I, hit the 50th. Yeah, so. you're you're Ooh. you are in the 10%. <laughs> <laughs> and really you are this is a great podcast. I mean for everyone listening like being a podcast host is a labor of love. Like so much goes into that side of the mic versus where I'm standing right now like if I say something crazy I don't have to edit it out later. You're the one who has to do that, right? <laughs> but I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. You're a phenomenal host. So good, good work you. here. I appreciate that. I do have a lot of backend support too. And, you, and what you mentioned, that's really important. I mean, I'm lucky because I run a team of virtual assistants and creative right. assistants. So they have my back when it comes to helping with scheduling, sending out information, creating the graphics. If I had to do all of that myself, I'd be drowning. Um, and I know a lot of podcasters, that's where they're at. Yeah, it, it's true. You know, and I do think that it's something that that you could speak to podcasters about yourself because there is a need for delegation. Like day one, yeah, maybe learn it all, kind of figure it out. That way you're not getting mad at somebody for doing something that you don't even understand, right? Like, but I do think at some point when you are deciding you want to be a serious podcaster, you've got to develop like you've got to devote time for yourself, which is not podcasting, right? And you need to reward yourself by having a team and I think a virtual assistant is a great way to do that. It's, it's not realistic to have somebody sitting in an office with you all day, but somebody working for you two, three hours a week, even if they're just building your graphics, if you're not a graphic person, that is a gift for you and for your audience, honestly. Yeah, that was actually just what what you said was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you know, you, you, your niche might be law. I mean, why would you want to do graphics? You know, right. it's just a passion for you. <laughs> yeah, you're, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's just, it's, you know, when I first, day one, I was doing everything. And, I, you know, I I can't say that I recommend everyone do that, but I really wanted to understand how podcasting was working. I knew I wanted to speak at the conferences and stuff. So I was like, I better just dive all in. And I don't necessarily regret doing that, but there was things from day one that I was day two realizing right away that I need to probably let this go pretty quick. And one of those one of those things is graphic design, like, like I'm a type A personality. I might be a bit of a visionary, but I'm telling you what, you put me in front of like something I can design with, you're going to get a box. Like it's just going to be a nice <laughs> little square with some bold font 
And it's not really that pretty. And I look at some other people's work they do. I'm like, wow, that looks amazing. And I'm willing to bet they put a fraction of the time into it than I did. And because I, I, I'm just not wired that way. So it's important to know those strengths and your weaknesses equally, I'd say. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, I have one more question for you. We, as podcasters, I know you speak to a lot of us. What are you hearing and seeing feedback about how this helps people grow their businesses? As far as podcasting is concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, first off, like I could, I could talk about this for hours, Denise. So you're going to have to like hold me back here, but I, I'll, I'll speak to both sides, a host and being a guest. So first off, being a host, I mean, you get access to people and resources that you would never get access to otherwise. I mean, a perfect example is I, I recently had uh, someone on the podcast. His name is Julio Gonzalez, and he's a tax expert. And he and I talked for an hour, built a pretty good actually relationship during that time because we weren't only recording. We were also chatting for a little bit. And he invited me and my wife to something that him and his wife were going to, which I thought was like just really cool. That doesn't always happen. But when I looked at his website, because I was showing a friend because he's just like a tax genius, I like forward to a friend. He goes, oh, man, I wanted to talk to him, but he charges $1,000 an hour to have a conversation with him. I had that conversation for free because I have a podcast. If I didn't have a podcast to have that conversation to build that relationship, I would have had to spend at least $1,000 to make that happen. So it's like free access. So even if you don't ever grow a big audience, you are getting access to people that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. And then, of course, there is like for me, the biggest thing with my podcast is adding value to people's lives. I mean, that I have devoted my entire life to serving other people. That is just what I believe in. I follow Jesus. And I, the best thing I can do is just follow that example, which is to serve other people. So for me, it's about adding value to people's lives. And that's that's like my favorite thing to do. So as a podcast host, those are a couple things that I would mention. And if you're okay with it, Denise, I'll talk about the, the guest side as yes, well. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So guest side is a lot easier than being a host. I already kind of mentioned that that Denise is on the hard side of the, uh, the conversation here, right? Like this is the easier side. And... I always recommend to people that if you want to start a podcast, but you have a really good message to get out, start off by being a guest and just see how that goes. Learn the style that you're interested in. Go add value. Even create a little league magnet where people can even just subscribe to an email list somewhere, right? Where they can later on, you can send them episodes of your podcast when you do launch. But getting your message out there quickly to a lot of people, I think that podcasting is just one of the best ways to do that. And it's not just the independence or like somebody who's unknown, like I'm fairly unknown. It's worked really well for me in growing Podmatch. It's probably the primary growth method I've used is, is being on shows. But also look at somebody like who just did a big tour last year, Matthew McConaughey. He had that book called Green Lights come out. And that guy was on every podcast, <laughs> like not every podcast, but he was he must have been on a few hundred different podcasts. I saw his name every day somewhere else. If somebody at his level who has the following that he has, the influence that he has, sees the value in being a guest on podcasts, you better believe it's pretty valuable. So those are just kind of a couple ideas there that I believe that, again, it's a great way to get your just transparent message out. And I think it's just a really powerful uh, medium that we are continuing to see grow. Even Gen Z is really enjoying podcasts. So for me, I'm in this for the long game. Excited to still be in what I consider, even though it's year 20 of podcasting as a whole, the industry was created 20 years ago. I still think it's very early stages for it. I, I agree with that as well. And that's very great, valuable insight from both sides of, of the fence. So I want to make sure that our listeners can find you after the podcast. You did mention you had a podcast. What is the name of it? It's called Creating a Brand. Okay. So that is the business and the podcast name. Correct. Yes. Okay. And I bought the domain, <laughs> creatingabrand.com. Again, me being kind of type A, I'm not super creative. So someone's like, you named your 
podcast, creating a brand and your website and your business. I'm like, keeps it real simple. Creating a brand.com <laughs> is everything that I do. <laughs> it definitely does. So is that the best place for folks to find you? Yep, absolutely. Creating a brand.com has links to everything. You can find my show there. You can find ways to contact me if you're interested, but I do recommend staying here. I mean, you have such a good show and what you're doing here is really helping a lot of people. So this is my biggest recommendation is to hang with you. Thank you, Alex. For our listeners, this is Alex M. Filippo from Podmatch and Creating a Brand. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.